0: Hello and welcome to the Dating, Relationships, and Sex podcast. I'm Rachel Shan, the embodiment practitioner, a dating, relationships, and sex educator, coach, and body worker. I'm passionate about supporting people to improve their well-being in the context of relationships and intimacy. I have over twenty-five years of experience in education and live with my two children in South Wales. Each episode I'll be talking to people who work in the domains of dating, relationships, sex and wellness. We'll discuss issues that come up for many people and importantly healthy strategies people can practice to help them with their issues and contribute to their well-being. I'm so excited to give my guests a voice and my listeners a chance to engage with their sharings. In this episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to a fellow South Wales-based coach, Vicky Stafford. Vicky is a published author and life and relationship coach. She has a professional background in advice and guidance and was a lecturer in counselling and bereavement for many years. She also worked as a counselling practitioner, family mediator and family group conference facilitator to prevent family and relationship breakdown. Vicky is also the founder of VerySelfAware.com, which offers one-on-one life and self-relationship coaching, which connects self-awareness tools with educational content and therapeutic interventions. Welcome, Vicky. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me, Rich. Okay, so I really wanted you to be a guest on this podcast because I'm a really big fan of your work, Um, especially what stood out for me was about self-education, acceptance of self autonomy. These really resonated with me um, and also you've got such a wealth of experience both professionally and personally in human relationships and the challenges that come our way and effects on well-being and how we can you know help ourselves. So yeah just wanted to say that I'm a really big fan of what you do. Oh thank you that's a lovely thing to say. Oh my pleasure. <laughs> so um, I'd like to start um, every episode by asking a guest uh, the same questions what's an area of growth or challenge that you've experienced recently in either a personal or a professional relationship Um. so when I say recently you know it could be over the last five years um, what stands out what strategies then did you use to help you navigate these challenges? Um, I
1: suppose um, a professional mm-hmm. sort of situation occurred about two or three months ago really which mm. um took me on a different path with this whole mm. you know sort of journey that I'm on with um the, what I'm doing at the moment mm. um I was working uh, well I wasn't actually working with her um a friend of mine oh. uh, called me and asked me if I could help somebody but I wasn't sort of set up in business or practice at that point mm. um so and I, I said I was not in the position but you know let her give me a ring and if I can sort of Signposted in another area than I would. Mm. Um. So we had the assessment, what I would call assessment call, mm. and I identified areas that she could possibly you benefit from working on the self worth, and mm. um, self analysis. Mm-hmm. Do you know that I was working on? Okay. Um. So I asked her if she could sort of trial it for me. Mm. Um. And it was to do with her relationship um, with her husband and stuff mm. like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she was feeling inferior and those mm. type of things. So I devised the actual Southworth journal mm. around that 15-minute, 20-minute assessment call wow. that I had done for this particular lady. Mm. And the feedback was really, really good. Mm. Um, and it did make changes because she was implementing the changes that she was finding from answering the therapeutic self-analysis questions within the journal and to make your own changes. And she was doing it on her own.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, it Mm. was. And it was lovely
1: to see, you know, she sort of implemented these things as as she was going along and learning from her own journey, from her own discovery, from the questions that she was asking herself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: so that was a challenge that making that journal Mm. was a challenge, Mm. you know, just sort of designing it in relation to the... Twenty-minute conversation that we'd had mm. and what I'd picked up right. that she was unconsciously not saying. Yeah, you know. So, mm. so that was really um, challenging for me personally. Mm. Um. So, I suppose, professionally, it mm. sort of t- has taken me in a slightly different direction.
0: I see. Yeah. So it's like a seed that got planted, almost.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it made me think, and and you know, you said about the autonomy and stuff. I was mm. starting thinking, well, how. Or would it be if mm. things were developed mm. that everyone could access these things, where mm. they could work on themselves, mm. if they identified areas within themselves, um, to heal within,
0: mm. which
1: in turn, I think personally, assists the relationships they have with others. Yeah. Or a romantic partner.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so it's healing within and identifying your own behaviours, yes, which contribute to the issues and problems that occur with in romantic relationships. Mm. Um, so I think, for me, mm. that was a challenge. And navigating through, separating, mm. this need to sort of help people.
0: Yeah. And
1: focus on mm. getting them to help themselves.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. That's such a rich answer. So so many things that are sort of resonating with me from what you say. So do you think the... We'll call her a client, even though it was sort of started in a sort of... um a favour for a friend, if you like. Yeah. But do you think that she was expecting it? I mean, often when a client comes to you with a presenting issue, mm-hmm. they're just open, aren't they? You know, they want help, but they they don't really necessarily know which way it's going to go. Do you think she thought when she came to you that it was going to take the direction that it did? Um. Possibly not, mm. because... Um, as the conversation started,
1: I made it very clear that I wasn't going to sort of work with her, mm. but maybe signpost her to somebody mm. that could offer the help that she was looking for. Mm. Um, So I think for her as well, personally, mm. it wasn't what she was looking for.
0: Right, I see.
1: Yeah, I think... Mm. Um, I think she was just, you know, sort of signposting really. Yeah. offloads a little bit. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. You know, what, what you're experiencing, what's mm. going on. Mm. And then I was going to sort of look at sort of my network of people that I know, like yourself, Rachel, or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, to sort of signpost mm. um, them in a direction of where I felt would benefit them yeah um but it was in the in the conversation that I was picking up on this unconscious stuff Mm. and the repeated words um insignificant was the one that she kept saying she said it about five or six times during this conversation I thought hang on that's insignificant that's self-worth
0: yeah you know so it's so insightful of you to pick up on those things so sometimes um, when you do deal with a client you, you know the like you say there are different paths that they can take, mm-hmm. but she was able then to empower herself and actually do some work on her own absolutely with the resources that you bespoke resources it sounds like that you actually made for her absolutely wow, yeah,
1: and that is something that I've sort of thought within the practice that I'm going to be doing now with people yeah um is the bespoke Self-analytical Self-analyt- journals yeah. or workbooks. Yeah. You know, sort of maybe having a one-off session hmm. and then sort of making them bespoke. So connecting confidence with um, issues of guilt, um, hmm. issues of um, labelling yeah you know another one
0: so Mm. it would be very unique to that person that's incredible because I think when people come to people like you and me um they're quite dysregulated and yeah and it can be quite tempting for them to just vent and dump yeah and venting and dumping as we both know definitely has its place yeah but we've got to get out of that cycle of venting and dumping and actually for it for anything worthwhile to take place growth healing we've got to actually think of concrete tools and strategies and it's just fantastic that you're creating bespoke tools strategies activities that people can go away and Mm -hmm. do on their own and then they're navigating it You know, with you sort of maybe slightly remotely because you can you can talk to them and then you can send them off and do these activities.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the idea came from Mm. um, I'm integrative counseling practitioner. Yeah, that's I trained integratively, so Mm. um, I used a number of different. Theoretical approaches mm. in the work that I've done mm. because I do feel it's horses for courses, mm. you know. Um, and the idea comes from that in the sense mm. that combining mm. the therapeutic tools that I have in my own professional tool bag, yeah. you know, yeah. with self awareness tools, yes, you know, um, and yeah. all the um, educational content that I've learned along the way that mm. I've worked with people and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, it's. Um, it's interesting, but it, well, what occurred for me as well mm. was making workbooks or journals, right? Because that's what they are. Mm. They are very self-educational mm.
0: journals, Mm-mm. you know. Yeah. Um,
1: that would be generic. Yeah. And anyone could access. Yeah. And from that work within the journal, they could identify themselves. Yeah. Areas within themselves that they may need to heal and work on.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, sort of constant criticism or fault finding within a romantic relationship Mm. you know maybe that's an issue Mm. you know so from working with the the whole journal itself yeah working on the workbooks that I'm sort of designing and creating from that yeah if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah,
0: definitely yeah makes sense I just wanted to return to what you said about generic because I know your materials are so rich I've been Mm -hmm. lucky enough to see them and Mm um some materials will speak more to some readers than others, and that's just wonderful about having this sort of you know quite a, a big resource that they can look at. Is that you know, definitely not leave out lots of it, it's all you'll always find useful in something self reflective, there's always used to be, uh, had. But um, you know, obviously some pages, some resources will really jump out. People are like, oh, that was dynamite, that, that set off a light bulb moment for one person, and maybe not so much for the other. Something else will work for something else, but for someone else. But that's what I like about you what your work is just a vast array of tools and strategies that people can Implement. Yeah, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. uh, No, it's nice to see that it's it's having the effect that I want. You know, that they become their own life coach in a sense and take responsibility for their own you know damaging behaviours and mm. contributing behaviours to conflict because everybody's happy to blame and shame
0: absolutely and you I know? think that's very human and there's yeah. no, and I don't want to shame and I'm sure you don't mm. want to shame anyone, we've all been there, absolutely. we've all blamed we've all and it. shamed, it's part of being human when we're dysregulated but um, there are other things we can do that can be healthier sort of coping mechanisms. So Absolutely. That's really cool that yeah. you, yeah, helping people in that way. So just before I move on from the original question that I asked you about, what's an area of growth or challenge for you? Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you could pick out about that particular example that you sort of found challenging? I'm just wondering, you know, it's coming up for me that because you weren't being paid, but then she was actually piloting your work, so you were getting use out of it. Absolutely. I just don't um, sort you know did you have to take care of yourself and your own boundaries at any point? Right. Okay. Um. Mm. I I got a lot of self care techniques mm. within my own sort of
1: resources. Mm. Um. That I utilize right the way through my professional life. You know, mm. and I've added and I've mm. sort of gone down a different route and looked at other areas mm. and you know sort of areas like Reiki, reflexology, Mm. you know, meditating,
0: Mm. you know, and being in nature, that's a big one for me. Awesome. Oh, I got a tingle then in my cheeks when you said it because it resonates so much for me as well, you know, when you just kind of go out with greenery all around, yeah. you can just breathe and just be in the moment a bit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, and
1: in that zone and calming your own chaos.
0: Absolutely, you know? and you've got a beautiful dog, haven't you? Oh yeah,
1: and two cats. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: So I imagine your dog takes quite a bit of exercise as well. Um,
1: Dave does most of the work. <laughs> My husband does most of the work. Yeah, he's very lively. What is mm. he? He's Nineteen months. Mm. So he's still very much a puppy. Yeah, you know. Um, but we live you know, on, on the course and stuff, which is lovely and mm. it's just so relaxing, mm. you know, and just calming, mm. you know, that type of thing, really. That sounds you awesome. You know, sort of, and having a good self-care routine. Yeah. You know, because I'm not sure with, um, if you find this, Rachel, with mm. the coaching side of things, mm. when I was in the therapy side of, side of things, mm. I had to have supervision, regular supervision, yeah. and it's almost the way that I used to see the work, it's mm. almost like being a sponge. Yeah. You know, with the verbal venting, and yeah. when you said that offload. Yeah. You know when clients offload, mm. and it is heavy to carry because mm. you know you you do carry those thoughts of that person and, and the rest of it, I and mean, it's how do you bring yourself out? Absolutely. But I used to see myself as a sponge.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, for, a, for an analogy for it. Um, yeah. That I'm a sponge for that person in that moment. Yeah. So I'm helping them bring themselves out, but mm. then he's finding the tools and. The useful things to ring myself
0: out, so it doesn't impact. Ring yourself out, sort of, um get rid of the bogginess. I'm kind of thinking, actually, a sponge with water in it. You feel bogged down with all that you've taken in, and you need to ring it out. Absolutely. Whether it means going for a walk with the dog at the beach, yeah, 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 yeah. or listening to music or dancing, yeah, whatever
1: resonates with you to release that emotional heaviness that you carry be being with someone, yeah. that's in a, a very emotional, highly
0: emotionally charged state. Absolutely. Wow, yeah. sounds great. You've got, uh, yeah, it sounds like you've got lots lots of uh, wisdom and experience to pass on to people that is just really rich and really useful. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. You. So um, tell me more about, do you tend to call it VSA or Very veryselfaware.com? I guess it can go by both names.
1: Um, absolutely. Um.
0: It Can go, you can be yeah. VSA, yeah. So, <laughs> I'll just say, yeah, veryselfaware.com, yeah, shortened to VSA. Um, why did you set up? Tell, tell me a little bit about the story of um setting that up.
1: Um, originally, mm. um, I wanted to start working uh, again and start thinking about mm. sort of getting back out there mm. and doing stuff. Mm. Um, but health wise, I'm not in that physical state to really go out and do the stuff that I used to do, um, mm. but I still wanted to sort of do stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the boys are all grown up, apart from one who's in university, comes back and forth. Yeah. And um, they'd all
0: moved empty nest, really. Yeah. You know, and uh,
1: so I'm not so busy. At yeah. The minute, and I wanted to fill my time mm. and get back in touch with me.
0: Yes I'm hearing that. So it's interesting isn't it sort of as you're talking I'm reflecting on the different life stages that we all go through. Absolutely. And uh, yeah so you know we both have children you have stepchildren and I guess you're a little bit further along your journey with your family life Mm. and as you said they're adults but there's still one who comes and goes a little bit more and the empty nest thing I think it's very much an issue that I'm thinking more of women, but of course, you know, I'm sure there are men Men, that this resonates with as well when the children grow up. And it's just, yeah, getting back in touch with yourself because, you know, you worked so hard. You've got such a long um, career um, working for organisations. And then you sort of had a little bit of a break where you're focusing on your family and now getting back into it. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And it was um, the whole idea of very self-aware. And mm. um, I suppose if I take it right back to my beginning, um, mm. when I first started training. Mm. My first um, Level 4 diploma was in Advice and Guidance, and I worked with... Um, oh, I cannot think of the... Oh, Citizens Advice and yep, Bureau. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you, know, well, you know, that's an age thing. Age. That's a different stage. That's an portal, that is, Oh, I'm not you know? far behind you. And the brain fog, the brain fog. Yeah. The Citizens Advice Bureau. So yeah. in two years, I worked mm. um, to gain the practical experience mm. of advice and guidance. Mm. And um, people sort of come in and I'd sort of navigate through their debt and stuff like that mm. and, and advocating court and law for repossessions, house repossessions mm. and stuff like that. Mm. And within that two years, mm. it occurred to me that people kept coming back. Mm. And I would be thinking, we've been through all this, you know, mm. why have you got yourself back in this state? Oh, you know? I
0: see, right. And,
1: that led me then mm. into the counselling and the psychotherapy. Oh. Why do people keep coming back?
0: Patterns. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Wow. Why do people keep coming back? I oh, thought, well, because they're not taking self-responsibility. Wow. They don't understand themselves. Yeah. So then, obviously, the journey that I took with the counselling and the psychotherapy and the years mm. that I was lecturing myself and all that, um, sort of took me on another journey then yeah. and understanding the why. But where I am now mm. is all about the inability to lock within, mm. because other people take control of those situations or wherever. Do this, do that. They listen to people outside themselves, yeah. rather than locking within and healing what's broken within me. Yeah, and I say that very loosely mm. um, and damaged. Mm. You know, so somebody that's stuck in the past over a relationship breakdown. Mm. It's not. Um, working on the core of the self,
0: mm. you know,
1: that needs our healing. Mm. And I suppose, for me, when I first started this very self-aware away um, platform for people, yeah, um, I had this sort of analogy of people clean, you know, when you yeah. clean a house, yeah, you know, and you get rid of clutter and stuff like that, and it looks sparkling, it looks wonderful, and it mm. looks really clean and fresh. You don't clean under the sofa, you don't clean the top of the, the picture frame, so you don't clean the... You know, curtain poles, Mm. you can't see it, Mm. but it's still very much there.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, so unconsciously, these things will trigger you, Mm. you know, emotionally trigger you Mm. later on, Mm. you know, when you're in relationships and stuff like that. So it was that thinking Mm. that made me sort of think, hang on, very self-aware. If people become very self-aware, then they can take ownership. Before mm. they sing it, they can... clear
0: out the cobwebs. And clear out <laughs> yeah. the cobwebs. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know clean the, the little bits that you you
0: see. in. The see. shadows. The shadow work, yeah. yeah. Shadow work. Shadow work, yeah. Ooh. Which is
1: therapeutic self analysis. The one difference, and the mm. very big difference between the two, yeah. is that with shadow work, you are asked questions that somebody else have written. Right, okay. But with regards to therapeutic self analysis, yeah. they've written in a self-talk format
0: right okay so it's
1: almost as if you're looking in the mirror
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's mirror work in a sense it's connecting the two tools together
0: awesome yeah. so
1: it's mirror work so you're asking yourself these questions yeah so and that's further
0: empowering isn't it because all coming from within then instead of you being kind of on the receiving end from an expert almost
1: absolutely mm. it's becoming your own expert of your own life really and you mm. know I, I believe that healthy functional adults Mm. and know what they need to live they live their lives and live with themselves Mm. you know and the forgiveness they need maybe Mm. or the acceptance they need within Mm. so that was the underlying whole ethos for very self
0: wow so it sounds like you've had seeds being planted over years and you've just been gently watering them and keep but kind of keeping them on the back burner at the same time yeah and now is your time to sort of bring out wealth of experience from all these spheres where where you've worked yeah and just plow it all in yeah that's a good way of
1: describing it
0: actually yeah yeah
1: Yeah, it's um just connecting all the dots
0: yeah yeah that's beautiful it's
1: brought me to where i am now really yeah yeah uh... it's so rich
0: it kind of um brings me to my next question quite beautifully actually which i wanted to sort of focus on um let's let's just focus on one of your offerings because you have so many. But um yeah. Um so I am lucky enough to have been able to read your um No More Toxic Relationships book, which is a therapeutic self analysis uh tool. So yeah, tell me more about it please or um, tell the listeners because I've read it as I said. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to hear from you. Um
1: No More Toxic Relationships sort of come from um Identifying your own contributing behaviours mm. within abusive relationships, mm. and the whole um, thinking behind that was how people get into relationship damaging relationship mm. loops yeah. because they go from one relationship to another abusive relationship. It's all abuse, but it's packaged differently.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And
1: until an individual can look at their own contributing behaviours, such mm. as um. People pleasing, codependency, uh, that need to be needed, mm. um, that passive anger, you mm. know, that sort of passive anger where people will do behaviours, it's the underhanded, deceitful behaviours mm. to try and gain some control. Yeah, yeah. You know, which all contribute, mm. you know, mm. um, to abusive relationships. Yeah. And obviously, for me, it was focusing on the psychological manipulation, mm. you know, mm. and the controlling aspects of a potential toxic person.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Addressing your own
0: along the way. Oh, I'm finding this. Yeah, I'm wondering also. Kind of anyone who's listening to this, uh, I imagine some people can find this quite confronting. And I don't mean I find it personally confronting. I think it's amazing work that you do. Mm. But also, sort of thinking of, you know, um, I don't. I don't want. I just want to say. I don't want to sort of um, take this um, chat. Doubt that we're having now, sort of down the road, of any serious uh, abuse that involves domestic violence. Because I don't, I don't know how much experience you have, but I certainly don't sort of feel professionally or personally that I'd be able to discuss that on a podcast. Because I want to, you know, I'm not an expert. Mm. I've ha- I've had dealings with Women's Aid. I know people who've de- dealt with Women's Aid, but I am no expert on domestic violence. Relationships. Mm-hmm. So just want to kind of flag that up now. If any listeners are sort of listening and thinking, "Oh, what does this mean?" This self, you know. Right. Obviously, there are people in the world who are victims of abuse, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Neither of us want to take any of th- any of that away from Absolutely. anybody. Yeah. Um. But it's. I imagine it's quite a sort of. Um. I don't know. Potentially controversial. Could some people find that quite confronting? Like, me. Why do I have to look at me? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm. But I think um, from my own experience personally yeah. of domestic abuse and mm. sort of going through that journey that I did, yeah. you know, over the years, mm. um, I sort of had that victim mentality, mm-hmm. you know, and which flipped to a survivor mentality. Yes. You know, yeah. and which is awesome because the education aspect on what domestic abuse is, is so needed, mm. you know. Yeah. But... For me personally, yes. it's looking at that victim mentality. Mm, yeah. So it keeps you in that self-sabotaging loop. It's like all my own personal experience I'm grateful for. Mm. You know? And those that know me personally and know my background will be really shocked that I say that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because over the years I've experienced some horrendous stuff. Mm. No, it's maybe who I am. Yes, It doesn't define who I am, but it yes. definitely shaped who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer a victim. I'm no longer a survivor. Mm. I utilized everything that I learned, mm. you know, to sort of put me in the place that I am now. Mm. And I can look at look at all my past experience mm. through almost no longer wearing rose coloured glasses. Yeah, yeah. You know, or that poor me. hmm
0: Hearing that. Yeah. Mm. It
1: didn't it doesn't define me anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I experienced it. Yes. You know? Mm. I totally experienced it. Um, But it
0: doesn't define me. Mm, That's really powerful. Thank you for bringing in, you know, some of your, without wanting to go into all sorts of details. But thank you so much for bringing your own personal experiences in. So I think anyone listening, um, when they hear that uh, you have personal experience of the issues that you Mm had, I think that's going to really resonate with people that you are in a, not just amazing professional background that you have, mm-hmm. but actual personal experience of that, that who better, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. to write a book called No More Toxic Relationships because you have the personal as well as the professional. Yeah, yeah.
1: And mm. um, I think the, the No More Toxic Relationship is for uh, mm. people that are not, and I wanna stress this. Yes. Um, it's not suitable for someone who's still in a corrosively controlling, or a domestically abused with this physical or sexual violence in any way, shape, or form. Thank you for mentioning that yeah. and clarifying. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously when you're still in that situation, mm. when somebody starts to gain a sense of self-control, yeah. and loving the self more and being in setting firm relationship boundaries mm. and standing in your own adult shoes. Yeah. You know, a very controlling abusive person will not like that. Yeah. So it's not for people who are in a domestic abusive situation. It's more for people who have
0: left that situation. That's a really important distinction. Thank you, Vicky. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's
1: from there you identify
0: the behaviours,
1: the ability to sort of form your own relationship boundaries, Mm. what you will accept, what you will no longer accept, and Mm. build up your confidence, your self-worth and everything else. Because it's so damaged when you've been in... A very domestically mm. abusive relationship. Absolutely, you know, you are mm. you, almost dented and out of shape when you come out yeah. of it, and you need to heal a bit before yeah. you work on that aspect. I see. So, yourself. so
0: yeah. So this um therapeutic self-analysis journal, it's like um, it's that sort of time of a person's life really, where they they are out of danger. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. and um, they don't want to repeat the same. Seven. patterns cycles loops that you mentioned going forward and to take care of themselves and to do some real healing and inner work and if they want to you know because let's face it we can be a partner to ourselves first Absolutely. you know we're not defined by being Any in a couple are we no not the at all the first and most important relationship with, is with ourselves so maybe they might not choose to go into another romantic relationship Mm, but if they do, yeah. then they're going to get off to a stronger start. Yeah, not wobbly, not coming a place of from a place of less than fear, desperation. Absolutely. But going in, standing in their power, much more absolutely. perhaps than they ever have. Yeah, mm. absolutely.
1: And it's about um, identifying as well because there's also that fear, mm. you know, and the no more toxic relationship. The therapeutic self-analysis journal, and mm. um, it's very much about identifying those fears within as well. Mm. Because for myself, I was a uh, good few years on my own. I wasn't interested.
0: Mm.
1: You know, my friends mm. would say to me, "Get on dating sites." You know, mm. going to this, and you need to meet someone. Go on have a date. Or, you know, mm. Mitchell. I wasn't interested. Mm. I was done. Yeah. I was done with a romantic partner.
0: I you mean, know, I was. Yeah. I was
1: absolutely done. And um, but the underlying reason was that I feared it. Yeah. I feared mm. being in a relationship,
0: in yeah. a committed
1: relationship, because that meant to me I was going to be controlled and I was going to lose myself.
0: Again. Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing that fear. Yeah, yeah, it's big, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's massive. Yeah, you I'm know? sure anyone listening to this who's you yeah. know had we've all had varying degrees of trials and tribulations Absolutely. by the time we reach our forties, fifties, or before or after, yeah. you know, but um. Yeah, it it does really resonate, that fear. Yeah, Mm.
1: yeah. And it's identifying. And a normal toxic relationship is not just um, in the sense... Because it doesn't touch on any physical violence, any sexual violence. Mm -hmm. The whole underlying reason for a normal Mm. toxic relationship Mm -hmm. is to identify toxic, damaging behaviours from a potential partner. So Mm. you reach a point Mm. that you can get out of that situation before it becomes so intense... That you're stuck and you find yourself in that loop again.
0: Absolutely. Before no? you've moved in, before your yeah. finances are enmeshed, before they meet your children and Absolutely. your lives become entwined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's about being able to trust yeah. what you recognise as red yeah. flags.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, when you're, you're in an abusive relationship or you've experienced an abusive romantic relationship, I mm. think it's a romantic relationship.
0: Because yes. that's what this one is
1: for. It's yes. not wide. It's not, you know, toxic appearance or anything like that. Absolutely yeah. This is for romantic, romantic. Yeah. relationships. Yeah. And um, it sort of really focuses on those behaviors, mm. the toxic behaviors at the start of a relationship, mm. which many people are blinded by. Mm. Um, you know, you've got that fairy tale beginning where you're swept off your feet, um, you confuse in love with lust and, and all those mm. overwhelming feelings of utopia. Mm. You know, being in this, you know, wonderful relationship and mm. happy ever after pending, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does, it actually addresses those behaviors. Which are very subtle in the beginning. Yeah. So it's the corrosive control yeah. that occurs that you're blinded by because you're so engulfed with all these utopic feelings of mm. being in this potential happy ever after. Mm.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: And so it's all the sort of stuff, the behaviors, that's what this normal toxic relationship um, therapeutic self analysis journal really focuses on. Yeah. Is the stuff that you're not really conscious of, mm.
0: but once you Educate yourself on them. Yeah, it streams yeah. it up into your consciousness then and you can't not see it. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you do see
1: it, mm. it sets that alarm off mm. as in, do I need to be cautious here? Yeah. Do I need to watch this behaviour? Yeah. Is this behaviour something that's going to be repeated in this relationship? Mm. Is this a red flag? Mm. Is this potentially controlling behaviour? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, so it's identifying, not just in a potential romantic partner, Mm. but in yourself as well. Mm. You know? So behaviours within yourself that you bring to a romantic relationship, Mm. you're unconscious of doing because Mm. it's your social norm. It's not social norm. It's your norm
0: yes you know
1: it's your instilled limiting beliefs of what a relationship should be
0: yes and yes. also I do think social so-called social norms play in because look at what we see in Hollywood movies you know the passionate lover who's jealous and comes down and breaks the down the door what because he loves her so much yeah you yeah. know but that's yeah. sold that's packaged and sold to us as romance oh he oh, loved yeah. me so much he smashed in my front door oh Type. No. <laughs> yeah. And no. yeah exactly but no 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 we're recoiling about it now but you know I mean I think it is changing thankfully the narratives that we see yeah. in society yeah. it's not romantic it's toxic actually yes. that kind of behavior yeah, yeah. and I love the way you address things like love bombing and gaslighting you know these more subtle things that we like mm, Is is this person acting with their best intentions or could perhaps they be controlling, for example? Is this person so passionate about me or are they trying to divide and separate me away from my friends and family? Absolutely. These kind of things. And it just sort of giving you the sort of tools and the knowledge to kind of go, oh, okay, well, what is this? Is this healthy or not? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Identifying, Mm. you know, it helps you identify. It's for people basically who are not in a romantic relationship or maybe at the start of a romantic Mm. relationship Mm. um who want to identify Mm. that they're not getting themselves into another Mm. damaging relationship loop. Yeah. You know, or for people who all find themselves going from one relationship or third party relationships, Mm. you know, that Mm. they don't feel good enough in themselves. Mm. Or worthy enough, it's mm. this unconscious stuff,
0: mm. that they
1: still sort of get involved with third-party relationships. Because something is better than nothing.
0: Oh, could you tell me what, what does a third-party relationship mean? So, mm. um,
1: somebody that's, say, adultery or emotional oh, adultery. I see what you mean. Um, that type of thing. Really. Yeah. So, being a third person in a committed relationship. I see. You know, which one partner doesn't know about. Yeah. So, it's adultery. Yeah, Yeah. adultery and
0: infidelity, that type of thing. Really. Yeah, yeah. So Um, I suppose people who get themselves in situations, and not all people, I can't possibly speak for all people, but some, some people might enter into these situations because perhaps they feel their needs aren't being met in their primary relationship, Mm -hmm. so they bring in a kind of an extra person and create a triangle to try and bolster perhaps their self-esteem or something like that perhaps they haven't done much work in fortifying themselves in their primary relationship and that's why they go absolutely seeking absolutely out was, looking for external value and yeah. external validation yeah mm. yeah
1: and that could be you know the case is everybody's unique nature, yeah. everybody's different mm. you know and in these relationships out there there are third parties third parties Enhance a relationship, mm. you know, but it's when it's that underlying dishonest, yeah. deceitful, disloyal mm. sort of stuff that occurs yeah. that is very damaging for mm. not just the one who's doing it, actually, because yeah. obviously it's, you know, it's the one who's left sort of thinking everything's perfect when it's really not.
0: And that's painful for everybody. Pain- everybody. Painful it. to be receiving yeah. it, painful to be giving it, actually. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't serve well, anyone.
1: It, it rips families apart, you mm. know, and this is where you People should... My opinion should you know
0: mm. I was gonna swear then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're feeling very comfortable yeah, yes, together. Very comfortable, so I do apologize. <laughs> not at all. But, you didn't swear. I
1: did actually. <laughs> oh
0: I didn't
1: hear it <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's there's no shoulds are very um controlling in itself. You know?
0: Well you do have wide experience professionally. It's mm-hmm. not just like you're having a chat down the pub over a pint saying, I think people should do this. You've got you know, mm-hmm. you've got professional qualifications and experience you want people to be healthy and content
1: yeah and it
0: comes from a good place yeah so yeah Yeah. i i I struggle with that word should so i'm glad you kind of mentioned that it's like no one no one's telling anyone how they should live their lives however if people want to live relatively calm and relatively contented mostly healthy lives and not mm-hmm. being entered into toxicity and drama and problems there are ways of going about that and managing it constructively yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. and yeah coming back to the managing it constructively just sort of want to mm-hmm. bring it back and sort of really focus on the book because it is an amazing resource um For listeners who aren't uh, familiar or don't have any experience of journalism, journaling, sorry. So I love journaling personally and I recommend it to people all the time. Journaling can be very free form. You've got a brain dump, you need to vent, you can just scribble it down on like a blank piece of paper. You could draw pictures even, you know, it could be a form of art therapy this um, this book, this therapeutic self-analysis journal, it's it's a very tight, guided journaling process which really asks amazing, pertinent questions. So I've got it open right now, and um, several of the pages, what they do is they ask questions and they are self-guided. So questions such as, "What have I learned from this experience?" and then there's space for the write for the client to write. How does this impact my thoughts and feelings about romantic relationships now? And how would I respond if I identified this happening in the future? And these are all really powerful questions. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that people don't ask themselves these questions in their mind. You know, they they Mm -hmm. might do. But if we're just leaving them swirl around in the soup... Uh, That often, you know, lends itself to being dysregulated and, you know, you have thought processes and you go to bed and you wake up the next day. Oh, why was I so bothered about that yesterday? I've had a good sleep now. and Oh, that's all in the past. And you don't really you know, there's not a richness in reflecting. I don't think when we just leave it all in our heads. Yeah. and uh, there might not be a person a trusted person that we can speak to and if we even if we do we um we those words are effect- effectively they could just get lost in the ether when we commit them to paper there's something yeah. very very powerful isn't there so i I've wondered if you wanted to speak to that a bit more um
1: yeah absolutely um the tornado thinking, i thinking might
0: call it oh right that's my mm-hmm. nice sort of
1: words for why you described the original. that
0: storm yeah because
1: yeah. You, you do ask these questions, especially mm. when you know you mm. you've got unanswered questions mm. about what happened in the relationships or mm. your past relationships and stuff like that, mm. Mm. Um, and it creates a tornado thinking. So your head you go round and, round and round and round and round and round, and you make them up with your own answers. Mm. But writing them down mm. um, is beneficial in the sense that it doesn't get lost in the midst of everything else that occurs yeah. for the rest of the day or the mm, week or the month.
0: Absolutely. You know, you've
1: got something tangible in your hands yeah, yeah. that you can reflect back and, you know, sort of revert back to, yeah, really. Yeah, Um. In relation to the questions, mm. um, they're very topic-focused. Yes. So each journal that is sort of kind of stemmed from all this, is very topic focused Mm-mm. so there's a lot of educational content mm-hmm. Um, around coercive control, yeah. and, uh, toxic behaviors, mm. really. Psychological manipulation is a big one. Yeah, so That seems to be a theme right the way through that particular journal that you've got. Yeah. There, so,
0: gaslighting and, would be an example of that. Gaslighting, yeah. left
1: bombing, it's yeah. all those red flags, mm. you know? Mm. Um, but it's in identifying those, ed- being educated yeah. in those red flags, mm. knowing what you would do, mm. and having the resource at hand because you've you promised yourself as yeah, you said, yeah. that you are not going to put up with this behaviour again. Yeah. You know? So
0: bringing it back to the question, how mm-hmm. would I respond if I identified this happening in the future? When you write that down on a paper, on mm-hmm. piece of, well, in this beautiful journal, you are making commitment to yourself. Now, mm-hmm. if you go then and, and you receive lovely compliments or whatever from the person who's who's actually behaved badly to you just a few days before, you might go, oh, he didn't mean it. And, you know, you might sort of try and sort of brush it under the carpet and convince yourself, oh, it's cancelled out now. He said sorry, kind of thing. And then, you know, I don't want to say inevitably, because that sounds doom and gloom, but perhaps the bad behaviour swings around again a month later. Yeah. Um. I- although, actually, I think I'm getting a little bit confused now because you're saying you, the journal isn't necessarily... It's not designed for long-term established relationships, but it, it you could use this, couldn't you, if you're in a new relationship?
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, if you wanted to sort of read it and sort of see about behaviours within the current relationship, but bear in mind, change is difficult.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, as relationships go on and, and mm. we become sort of um, comfortable for a, a a word in a relationship, the dynamic changes.
0: Mm. You know? Mm.
1: um, But... It's more for people who want to identify what they truly want yeah. from a romantic partner mm. and a romantic relationship mm. for the future. Something mm. that's going to be able to be, something they can maintain. Yes. I think I've, I've put an analogy in, in that particular journal about yeah. the car. Yeah. Um, as in, everybody knows, most people know how to drive. Mm. You know, not many people know um how to sort of maintain a car and keep mm. a car on the road. And mm. not many people know the damage that they'd actually do into a car, you know, by sort of keeping their foot, you know, on the clutch or going over dips in the road. And, you know, they just do it and wouldn't have any idea how to sort of fix the car if it broke down completely. Absolutely. And relationships are very much like that.
0: Yeah. We
1: can all obtain them. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people, not everybody can maintain them. Yeah. But nobody not knows what to do when they don't contribute in behaviours, contribute to the damage within them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think
1: that's part, of, that's something I've actually written in that book, I think, at one point. The car analogy,
0: it does ring a bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So um, it's more for people who are looking to identify mm. what they want from a relationship, Yeah. what they will accept from yeah. a relationship, what they won't accept, mm. what they feel they're worthy of, because mm. I think that's a big one here, is yeah. the self-worthiness. Self-worth. Mm. yeah. Um, in relation to especially if somebody's experienced a domestic abusive relationship you know is sort of building that self-worth that core back up so they trust their own decisions they trust their own intuition again because when you've been in an abusive relationship or experienced a very damaged relationship toxic relationship Mm -hmm. that sense of trust within yourself gets lost
0: yeah. Which is part
1: of gaslighting because you become confused. Yeah. You need that appraisal, you need that acceptance, you need that validation from outside people mm. to do the most simplest things in life. Yeah. Mm. Because you're so damaged. I um I can't say damaged, but <coughs> hurt. Hurt. I think hurt is a
0: softer word. Yeah. Hurt, yeah. Rather
1: than damage. Because my damage was very educational and I've learned from it.
0: Yeah. you know. So. I think some people won't shy, will, won't shy away from the word damage and there's, because, um, you know, there's no shame in it. No, absolutely La- life, not. Life blows us around and yeah. does cause us some trauma. You know, trauma is another word. Yeah. Um, it's more popular to use trauma these days than it yeah. was definitely even five years ago. We hear a lot more about trauma. I exactly. think, though still a lot of shame potentially around that word as well, even though it's more mm. popular. And um, so, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? We cho- try to choose our words wisely. Yes. Um, but, yeah, things can make us, you know, well, however you want to call it, lose our resilience, make us wobbly, put us on an uneven footing, damage, yeah. whatever you call it. But, yeah, um, I just, uh, I just really love the way this journal uh, encourages people to yeah just make that it's a commitment it's in black and white on paper they can look back at it and go oh I made that commitment to myself when I was feeling you know I was feeling calm and and grounded perhaps in that moment and that's really what I wanted for myself it's a decision I made it's a value yeah and then and then to commit to that and to not go oh you know make excuses oh it was okay it only happened once or He didn't mean it, or he said sorry, that kind of thing. Mm. And
1: I mean, the word sorry in itself, I'm not sure if that's part of that particular journal that you've got on your left there, the The word sorry is insignificant if the actions and the behaviour doesn't change. Yeah. Because sorry becomes such a um, meaningless word.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's just just a word. It's
1: just a word. If 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 there's there's no change of
0: action, it's not really a true apology, is it? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. The apology is the change behaviour.
0: Massively because with if, you there.
1: If you have to
0: be in situations where somebody keeps saying sorry, mm. it's just manipulation and control. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Also, okay. just want to flag up for any listeners that I'm, I'm just clocking myself and noticing that my language is a bit gendered because we're women and we right. both have experience with men. But I absolutely don't want any listener to think that all toxic people are men and women can't be toxic in relationships oh, as well. That's certainly not the case, is it? No, mm. no, exactly. Um, from my professional
1: experience, mm. um, there's, I've worked with a lot of, you know, sort of toxic females.
0: Mm. You know, mm. it's that
1: coercive control. Yeah, yeah. It's the, you know, passive mismanagement of anger. Yeah. You know, it's the crying, intentional crying, I don't, I you know, I'm not um, saying crying's not... Um, But those type of behaviours and the silent treatment.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's all, that is manipulative. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It is control. Yeah. Oh, Silent treatment is just a different form of fighting. Yeah. Isn't it? It's it's a different different. form of combat. Yeah. Which you can't put your finger on. Yeah. Which is, can be worse. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's shouting and aggression is horrible, but that passive aggression where you don't know where you stand with a person—that's no. not gendered, not at all. You know, all humans are capable of yeah. Uh, yeah. misbehaving or behaving yeah. badly in relationships. Yeah. So I just wanted yeah. to kind of make that point. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, We've covered so much. Yeah. <laughs> we it's really have. Bloke, it is, not it? It's yeah, just it's been. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I knew it would be. Yeah. I knew it would be between us because whenever we've met, um, you know, when the microphone hasn't been on, we're like, pow pow pow. We've just got so much to say. <laughs> I'm looking. Yeah. I'm looking at my pre-prepared questions, and I'm kind of thinking, yeah, we we've covered so much, um, about you know challenges healthy coping strategies um i think we can sort of bring things to a close unless there's anything that you i'm going to ask you in a minute um to share with the listeners where they can find out more about your work but before we go into the nuts and bolts of sharing about your social media and that kind of thing just um anything that you want to add before we sort of close um i've actually enjoyed this me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been good fun, it's yeah. been really
1: good fun, and talking about where you know we both coming from and yeah. you know, we're sort of both sort of in the same field in a sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, so it's been really interesting and an enjoyable experience. Yeah. We didn't know what to expect. I really didn't know what to expect or where you was going to sort of take things,
0: but mm. it's
1: been really rewarding. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think rewarding is a really key word there because obviously there's topics that we're talking about, so we've covered some quite serious intense issues, it's quite intense. Yeah. But I guess where we're kind of coming from is uh, that there are ways people can help themselves. And whether it's, you know, um, going to a therapist or a coach, some people might not have the means to do that. Of course, there can be. Uh, therapy available, limited amounts of therapy available on the NHS, which is Mm -hmm. fantastic for people. But, you know, it's usually only a a short course of sessions, isn't it? So there are tools that people can use. Your book that we've talked about, No More Toxic Relationships being one of them. Mm -hmm. But really, it's, you know, let's say people were to get this book. It's just the start, really, because it all comes from, when once you get on the road of self-healing and Just taking care of yourself. That is just such a rich experience. and can go off in so many different directions, can't it? Oh, exactly. And it's so empowering taking back that self-control and taking responsibility
1: Hmm. for where you are in life and what you're doing in life. You know, sort of working through your past stuff, where you are present. But having that control yeah. with where it goes in the future yeah. is so empowering. Yeah. You know, taking back that element of who you are. Yeah, you know, which isn't connected to any other relationship. Mm. It's just who
0: you are. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Really empowering, and that's a really like hopeful message. And I hope anyone, you know, we we all have our struggles, and we all go through different life phases. But um, just having that hope that there are things you can do to help yourself, and I hope that. It resonates with people that we've covered so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that can help. Fab, so where can listeners find out more about your work, Vicky?
1: Um, I've got a website um, called uh, veryselfaware.com. And that is where you can access sort of the one-on-one sessions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've also recently just opened an ST shop.
0: Ooh.
1: yeah where all these workbooks and stuff and the oh, journals i and did see something about etsy yeah, yeah. oh that's cool Etsy yeah. so etsy website yeah. um i've got a facebook um page yeah that very self-aware up. isn't it yeah. yeah very self-aware um but i'm also in the process of setting up a group called um therapeutic self-analysis wow um it's a very private group Mm-hmm. Um and um, it sort of people will be referred to there. It's not you know that it's play. not open to the public. Not not open yeah, to the public. to come to you first. Yes, Got yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. but it's obviously
0: the we're that's oh
1: and the book possibly in Griffin Box in Canada oh wow.
0: not to not to yes. leave out the all important yes. local bookshop Griffin yeah. Books which is an award winning bookshop isn't yeah. it I can't it's remember in the UK no? yeah, yeah was it the UK's best uh, small sh- independent, sh- independent sh- bookshop that's the one awards, independent wasn't it? Yes. yes, yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome so
1: but the normal toxic relationship book's not gonna be in there, but the next one, which is Loving Myself Better, yeah, which looks at a wide range of different behaviours, mm. um is probably gonna be
0: yeah, able to be bought in that shop. watch so, this uh, space. Watch this space. It's awesome. still in that publication stage, which yeah. is um, which I really enjoyed doing. Exc- exciting yes, times! Yes. Thank you so much for giving your time today, Vicky. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for having me, Rich. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Dating, Relationships, and Sex podcast with me, Rachel Shan. I'm passionate about supporting and empowering individuals, couples, and groups to improve their capacity for pleasure, well-being, and healthy relationships in a safe empathetic and creative environment. Please contact me via my website www.theembodimentpractitioner.com or Instagram to arrange a free 20-minute consultation via video or audio.